Welcome to Courage in Action. We are a sisterhood of women empowering women to be everything we are meant to be. I'm your host, Naluka Kotagata, and it is my privilege to join your life journey as we connect with some extraordinary, triumphant, and beautifully imperfect women through this podcast. Together, we hope to inspire you to take action towards your life goals, one courageous step at a time. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Courage in Action. Get ready for a high energy, highly insightful, and truly inspirational conversation. I am thrilled to be joined today by Jennifer Neal. She's a badass serial entrepreneur who launched five of her own brands while navigating the adventure we all call life. She is currently CEO and founder of Truth and Dare, the creative digital agency for entrepreneurs. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Um, I was hoping to start off today first by congratulating you on living a courageous life. You truly embody what it means to put courage into action. So I wanted to start off by talking a little bit about how you found the courage to take that first step into entrepreneurship. Well, that was kind of an easy one and yet a hard one. I was uh, straight out of school. I graduated with a BA from Western, and then I went to postgraduate education at Humber College for a postgrad HR degree. So I actually thought my career was going to be in HR. Um, My first job was as a recruiter in the recruitment industry, and I was there from about the age of 23 to 31. And what they don't tell you about recruiting is that it's really a sales environment. So it's kind of the wolf in sheep's clothing. So when I thought I was getting into an HR environment, I really was getting into a cutthroat sales environment. Wow. Um, Which turned out to be great, I have to say. I learned at the foot of a very, very serious female entrepreneur. Nice. She was not only hardcore, um, but she was definitely a mentor to me. You know, looking back now, I'm 51, I can look back on my 20s and say, the, the, the experience I got with her was unbelievable. But the environment was very, very tough. She did not have children of her own. Her business was her baby. And so when any lifestyle or family related issues came up, She didn't know how to deal with it because she had never had to deal with it. So Mm. when I had my first child, I was 31 years old and I just knew that somebody was going to lose. It was either going to be my boss or it was going to be my baby. Mm. So I wasn't happy and I knew I had to make a move, but this was the challenge. I was making $152,000 a year in my late 20s. I had a company car. So you could say I was living the life. Yeah. I was managing three teams. I had massive responsibility for that age. So leaving a job like that was a very difficult decision. Right. I was the main breadwinner in the family. My husband at the time was freelancing and was not making near what I was making. And we had a new baby. So it was not an easy decision, but I did make it. I quit the job cold turkey. I gave the car back, I gave the salary up, and I went from that salary to zero overnight. Wow. So that was, to answer your question, that was how I got launched into entrepreneurship. And how did you find the courage to take that step, to go from all of these things to zero? 
and knowing that that's the right thing for you? I don't think you ever know. Mm -hmm. I think that when you're unhappy enough, sometimes it's, you know, it's the devil that you know versus the devil that you don't know. Right. It was scary as heck. We had a mortgage, we had a baby. Um, But I will tell you one little tip that I was smart enough to do and it wasn't really calculated, but I've done it again over and over again. I was a commissioned salesperson. So every commission check I got, I would put into a savings account Mm. because I could live off my paycheck. Okay. When I left that job, I actually had a savings account of almost $30,000. Almost like a safety net for yourself? And I used to say to myself at night, Jennifer, you've got two choices. If this thing fails, you've got 30 grand that'll tie you over for a while, or you can go back and get another job. Right. Right. We always have options. Right. And do you think that's harder given COVID and everything that's happening right now? Like if, if women are out there thinking about making this jump or they have an idea, um, given the economic state right now, um, do you think that's more of an impact or... Should they build more of a safety net? What would, what would you suggest? I am, I have built up a lot of resilience over the years. Okay. So I might not be the best person to ask that question to. Right. But I say, go for it. Nice. All the time, every day, regardless of the economy, you've got to go for it. Perfect. And I have been doing just that myself during this um, pandemic slash recession. Uh, no better time. Now, having said that, we're all in different savings scenarios. We're all in different living scenarios. We all have different financial and social and parental responsibilities. My kids are 17 and 19 now. I'm in a very different position than I was with little toddlers. So I would say go for it. And if you can't totally go for it, find a way to dip your toe into it. Got it. Take baby steps if you can't take the big leap. Exactly. And, I, and I'll quote um, a wonderful uh, online thought leader. You may know, your listeners may know, her name is Marie Forleo. Mm-hmm. And she has a wonderful series of videos and resources and um, coaching for people wanting to do this. And she uh, talks about having what she calls a bridge job. Okay. And a bridge job is something that allows you to keep the money coming in while you're still pursuing your dreams. Got it. So it doesn't matter what it is, but we need to feel safe and secure financially. It's one of the biggest stressors I believe we deal with. Yes, and if for dealing sure. With that on top of the growth of a new something that can be really hard. And how do you build up that resilience that you were talking about? So it it is an extremely difficult thing to do. And then when you're in entrepreneurship, you're going to fail a couple of times, maybe more. So is it almost like you go through the motions and that practice happens? Or how do you build up that tolerance? Um, I think you build it up by having crappy things happen to you. Mm -hmm. All sorts of things can happen to you. That builds resilience. Yeah. I also think that this, the leap we think is so scary is never as scary as you think it is. Because if you think about 
all of the other options you have. There's never just one option. Hmm. So just like I said about if I fail, even if I fail right now, I'm launching a, a new agency in Detroit right now, any day. I'm launching a new healthcare app any day. Wow. Um, and those could fail. Right. They could fail. I've never done, I've never opened up shop in the States. I've never launched a healthcare app that deals with uh, COVID. They could fail. I could be ridiculed. I could be publicly humiliated on LinkedIn, which is my favorite platform of choice and said, I'm a failure. I'm okay with that now. Wow. I'm okay with that now because I've learned that I really don't care what other people think, but it took me a long time to get there. Yes. And if I fail, it means at least I tried. That's awesome. That's a, and, it, and it sounds like it is just going through those motions. So having the courage to take that first step. Yeah. Um, and failure never happens the next day. Right. Failure never happens overnight, usually. Failure happens after trying and trying and trying and trying. And what is failure anyway? All it is, is attempting something and maybe not hitting that mark, but you wouldn't believe how many times that experience will come back to you in your next endeavor. Yeah. I always try to think about it as a lesson, not a failure, but this is an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to grow, do something different. So. Yeah. And and another great way of thinking about it that I often think about is things don't happen to you. Mm. Things happen for you. Oh, I like that. And I'll give you a really good example of this. Okay. First world problems. I got a brand new car. It, it wasn't the car I wanted. It came out of a whole bunch of other things that don't matter. I had a brand new car and I was thinking to myself, I can't stand this car. And can I live with this car for three years? I know it sounds terrible, but I, it just didn't like this car. Okay. And so then I got in an accident and now I've got a car that I don't like with a ding in it that I now have to get fixed. Oh no. I'm so upset. I put my fist to this to the heavens and I said, get this car out of my life. Oh. And then I went on with my day. Yeah. Three months later, Toronto got one of the biggest summer storms it's ever seen. Oh. Trees came down, lines came down. It was, I don't know if you remember it, but it was brutal. Anyway, a, a tree landed on top of my brand new car. Three months old. No way. Wow. It was written off. Yes. I could have looked at that as, what have you done to me? Or, perfect. Thank you very much. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you very much. What does this open up for me now? Right. I got a check from the insurance company. I took the check and I bought the car of my dreams. And that's a perfect example of things happen for us, not to us. Yes. And I, I love that fist to the sky because I have done that in I my life. Emotion. <laughs> oh my God. No, I was, and mine was related to it, to my ex. I was like, ah, like, exactly. and I literally said, I don't see what's wrong with him. If you want me to break up with him, just give me a sign. And the entire thing exploded within two days. I discovered all the cheating, all the everything, like it just bam. And I was like, Thank See? you. And, and, Sorry. <laughs> and, yeah, and that's a great example of how be careful what you wish for. Yes. Because yes. I believe the universe is listening to everything we say. 
absolutely everything and it'll come in a different form than you expect it to. Absolutely. Yes. Because I've heard something like, um, you know, if you ask for courage, then something is going to come along that will require a lot of courage for you to actually accomplish that. And that's sort of the challenges of the world. Um, And I think one of the biggest challenges that women and, and people overall feel, especially when you're going through failure lessons or anything like that, is that you need to feel like you're enough on your own. So how did, how did that happen for you? You seem very confident. You, you don't really worry about what other people think. And that's something that I think a lot of us strive to get to. Um, and it's probably a journey, but I'd love to hear. It is a journey, mm-hmm. but I will tell you in a year, I have accelerated that journey tenfold. And I'll tell you one little trick I did. Okay. There's a woman out of the UK and her name is Marissa. I can't remember her last name. She's She's another very sought after speaker and um, thought leader on this whole idea of being not enough. Okay. And she said being not enough is the basis for all of our problems. We never think we're enough. Right. We never think we're enough. And I'll give you an example of that. Going, getting an invitation from one of my best girlfriends at the end of the day says, Jen, come over and have a glass of wine with me. Mm-hmm. And my first thought is, I want to go, but I don't have a bottle of wine to take with me. Oh. Right? Oh. So she invited me. She wants me, but I don't feel I'm enough to without. go without some kind of accout- accoutrement. Yes. And she's not asking for that. She's asking for you. Wine. She's asking yeah. for me. So as simple as an example as that, when are we going to believe that just our mere presence and what we bring to the table is going to be enough? So here's what she tells you to do. And I did this a year ago. Okay. Okay. Set a reminder on your phone for nine o'clock in the morning and five o'clock at night every single day. Okay. The reminder pops up on your phone and all it says is you are enough. Mm. And it comes up at five. You are enough. Oh, that's oh, and okay. it comes yeah. up every day, twice a day. And the first few times it pops up, you you look and you go, "Well, I'm not." Or right. yeah, the yeah. Or it pops up. You're like, I know that, and like now <laughs> I know. Like you're like, hell yeah, I am. <laughs> really good trick that kind of um, it can trick your subconscious. So. That is. We are enough. We are enough. What we have to say is enough. We don't have to second guess our voice, our thoughts, our actions. As long as they're legal, we do it <laughs> ourselves. Right. Absolutely. But it, it's interesting you said you don't have to second guess your thoughts. And I, I know this happens for me. Sometimes, you know, you're almost pre-programmed to those negative thoughts associated with not enough. So how would you, and I've heard it called almost opposition thinking or a different way of thinking that when that not enough or a negative message comes, you replace it with a positive one or try to. Is that something that, that you've done or is that something that you yeah. find useful? You know, definitely in, in so many areas, particularly around the subject of money, you know, like we are so predisposed to the way we were raised around the topic of money. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, 
for example, in my household, we didn't talk about money. We had a lovely middle-class income uh, upbringing, but no one ever talked about if times were tough or if times were great. We just, we didn't talk about it, but I knew there were things that we couldn't afford. Okay. And, And I knew there were things other families could afford. And so I almost put us in an us and a them bucket. Oh, that's not us because we don't come from them. Right. We're not them because we don't have what they have. Okay. And I don't have up here what they apparently have because we're in two different households. But Mm. that is hogwash. Right. Yes. So it's thinking about things, those little stories we tell ourselves that you don't belong there or that's not what you were meant to be or you don't have the tools they have to do that. Yes, you do. Mm. Yes, you do. There are so many stories of rags to riches that we know about. Yeah. And many of them didn't have educations. Yes. There are no excuses for us not to rise and do and conquer and journey on everything we absolutely ever want. Our biggest problem is not thinking big enough. Mm. It's not thinking big enough. And not thinking um, that that it's possible. So in many relationships, the person with financial control controls that relationship. And, and a lot of people will stay in difficult circumstances because they don't have that financial acumen. Um, how do you go about the first steps of figuring that? Especially like as an entrepreneur, you're starting to run your own business. Never mind your personal finances that you need to figure out. You also have to figure out how to actually run a business and how to it can feel very overwhelming. So where would you suggest women in particular start in terms of building their financial acumen? Go read Rich Dad, Poor Dad right off the bat. Mm. Don't stop at go. Keep going to the bookstore, get it from Indigo, get it from Amazon, wherever, but get Rich Dad, Poor Dad because none of us were taught those lessons, first of all. Okay. Second of all, have open conversations with people that you trust and that are mentors to you that are higher up the ladder, whatever that means, and ask them, how can I get here? What should I do with this? I've got some money sitting here. What would you suggest? Um, Ask people for sure. But another answer I wanna give you that's slightly off that topic about building the, the wealth is do what you love. And I know we've heard this over and over again, but here's the story I want to tell you. Okay. And you might be familiar with this because I think um, Cindy Stradling may have brought this exercise to one of your sessions, but I run vision board workshops. Okay. And I love them. I love giving people the place and the space to have a couple of hours with magazines and markers to actually dream about what they'd really like to achieve in this short, short time we call life. Right. And many of them I run for free because I love doing them so much. This week, I was called by someone and I was asked if I could put them in kits because I have an opportunity to put them in a kit format in Indigo stores across the country. And I find it on Friday. It is amazing. Wow. My mind. Yes. But but the point here is I didn't see that coming. 
I did it because I loved it. Right. Now it's possibly turning into something that can create passive income for me. That's amazing. That's amazing. Start with something you love and you work it and you test it and you play with it, but you love it. You never know where that's going to go. I did not see Indigo in my future. Right. And they're coming after you now. That's amazing. Yes. So, you know, the way that happened doesn't matter. But if you have the dream and the desire, the steps will be presented to you. They Mm. just will. They almost come on a silver platter. And then you start to create wealth from places you never knew was possible. Amazing. So in your vision boarding sessions, I think, you know, a lot of people talk about follow your passion, follow your dreams, do what you love. And a lot of people get stuck because then they just say, well, I don't know. I don't have that profound thing that has always been a part of my life that I know is my true passion. So I'm sure during your vision boarding sessions, that started to come to light. So maybe if we can just go through a couple of the steps or a couple of things that people can think about to try and sort of listen to their heart and soul and and what their passion is. Totally. Two big things. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're spending your time on when you're not working is your passion. Okay. For example, what blogs are you reading? What posts are you attracted to? What books do you read? What magazines do you read? Where do you spend your time when you are not working? That's a big one. Okay. So for me, I'm constantly reading about the the law of attraction. I'm constantly reading about uh, mindset, the power of mind, how to be better, constantly into personal development. Okay. So... Now I'm developing a YouTube channel on how to hack the law of attraction. So it's a passion project, but I can monetize that down the road. Right. So that's one thing. Where do you spend your time when you're not working? Because it's quite possible if you're a knitter, you love knitting. Yes. Right? Yes. Or if you're constantly moving the furniture around in your living room because you need a different vista, you love interior design. Right. You love space. Yes. So that's a big firsty for me. How are you going to turn that into to, uh, a passion project? I don't know the answer to that yet, but that's where okay. you start. Okay. The other one is this. When we sit down at our vision board workshops, the first thing I ask everyone to do, and your listeners can do this when they're, when they're listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. grab a magazine and just flip through it. Not reading it, just flip through it. And if okay. something grabs your attention pull it out. You might not know why you like it. You might not know why it appeals to you, but Mm -hmm. there's something about that picture that appeals to you. Okay. If you do that over and over again, you can start to recognize themes of things that you're attracted to. It could be, you know, water. It could be yoga. It could be, um, I don't know, but our subconscious mind is a lot more powerful than we give it credit for. Right. And it's attracted to things that we don't know why we're attracted. You know, think about people you've met in your life. You're like, you know what? I really connected with her. I don't know what it was, Mm. but I really connected with her. There was something there that pulled you in. 
Right. I think if we spend more time paying attention to those little whispers, the little insights, the little things that we're attracted to, and if we do it over and over again, it will become apparent. Gotcha. So what do you love spending your time with? What do you do? And then sort of what are you attracted to will help you hone in on that passion. Yeah. And a big one is when you come home from work and you hate your job, if you hate your job, <laughs> yeah. what's the first thing you do? And, you know, even if it's watching over and over and over again, watching friends, mm. maybe there is a blog in your future about your point of view on the movie or on the episode um, of Friends. Yeah. Maybe it, that's it. Maybe it's as simple as that. That's so funny because it, people think about, oh, all I do is watch TV. What are you watching? Are you watching. Yes. What are you watching? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's are, perfect. There are thousands of YouTubers and pod, podcasters and bloggers and all they do is redo all of the moments in Friends. Right. Yes. They've made a living out of it. Yes. And it's just their passion. They love it. They enjoy it. And that's and what they do. love it too. Yes. They're going to come and read your stuff. Watch yeah. videos. Social media has given us the platform now to put a free stakeout on our front lawn about what we want to do. Absolutely. There's no excuse. It's free. And you can use it for positive change in the world as opposed to some other things that some other people use it for. It's a whole different subject. Though. Oh, absolutely. But anyone can build a following. Yeah. Anyone can build a following. It takes effort. For sure. It, it takes effort. And there are, you know, tips and tricks on how to build communities and followers, but it's all at your fingertips. And it's, and if you're doing it about something that you're passionate about, it, it stops feeling like work. You got it. I could read point. about the law of attraction until I can't read anymore and have to go to bed. <laughs> till your body says, time out, you need to rest now. You got it. That's amazing. What about for people who are, um, like a lot of our listeners will be in different difficult relationships or, or things that um, we sometimes refer to it as all the noise around you. So they don't have potentially the luxury of even coming home to watch friends on TV or, you know, they're worried about the kids and this relationship that's weighing on them. So what are some other little things that just to sort of clear your mind so you can even figure out where, what direction you want to take? I think reading is a very big, as long as we can read. Yeah. I, as long and, and the books don't have to be expensive. I buy a lot of my books at Goodwill. Okay. You know, for 99 cents at I think they're 90, 99 cents a piece. And if you buy four, you get them for $3. Like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> like there's no excuse. If, if you have 99 cents, you have access to a book. Okay. And I think reading is a great way to build strength, to build resources, to build courage, mm. to make the next step. Mm -hmm. Um. I think reading is one of the greatest gifts. If we can read, we have a lot ahead of us. Um, you know, authors like Nancy Levin, um, authors like, um, I'm trying to think of good authors for that particular topic, but 
Nancy Levin is a really good start on how to start making change, how to get out of a difficult situation, what to say to yourself in those moments. Uh, there, if we can read, there, there is nothing we can't do. We can self-educate ourselves on just about anything, including getting the right mindset on about how to have the courage to walk out the door, right. how to have the courage to find, to find another outlet. But there's always somewhere to go, hopefully. I hope there is, you know, we have friends that would take us in if, if they asked us to, and we have family that would be happy to help us. Usually there's somewhere to go. It's the courage to leave. Yeah. You know, and, and nobody can teach you courage, but you can read yourself into it. I really believe you can. I've had to do it. My sister had to do it. Um, you can build a lot of confidence by reading and reading and reading. I would say there's even, you know, I'm not saying this podcast would be the one to change, to change somebody's life that way, but there's a lot of, you can listen to a lot of different um, great thought leaders and yeah. to help you build that courage. So Yeah, and I, again, I'm even assuming like some might not have internet, some may not have right. Wi-Fi. Yes. Some may, may not have data packages. Absolutely. So, you know, if you had none of mo- modern convenience and technology, you still have a library card. Absolutely. Yes. I use my library card like crazy. Mm-hmm. I order books and they're not always available, but I've got a constant stream of books coming into my life at all times. So library is free. That's beautiful. And you, you also mentioned you know, there, there would, there's your village around you that if you just ask for help, um, they would be there. And there absolutely is always someone you can ask. I find it takes courage to even ask, to venture into that. It's a very difficult conversation to have. It's a tough conversation to have to open yourself up and say, I'm in trouble. Um, how would you encourage our listeners to, to take that step and to do it? Um, I, I still struggle with that. Okay. So I, I, I don't think that, I think you just, I, I think you have to work on it. it. You might not have it tomorrow, but I, but I think you have to work on finding it. There's a lot of shame around things that we think are shameful and they're really not. Right. You know, like possibly our children going down an awkward path or, you know, making a mistake that we are embarrassed about, or even those stupid little things, I think we feel shame around. So getting to the bigger step of, I'm desperate to leave this situation, I've got to get out. I, I can't put myself in anyone else's shoes because I know how hard it is to make decisions that are going to affect people's lives. Right. But here's what I did. There's a saying that if you don't put, when you go on an airplane, and when they're training you on the plane going down, yes, they always tell you to put your own oxygen mask on first. Absolutely. Over that of your children, mm-hmm. over that of your spouse, over that of your sister, you must put your mask on first. Yes. And if we can think about the fact that if we can save ourselves, we can save our family. Because if we stay in situations that are not healthy, that are not, that are toxic, 
we're doing ourselves and our children, particularly speaking as a mother. Mm-hmm. If we leave ourselves in a situation where our children are also affected by that, we're not doing them any favors. Absolutely. We have to get ourselves out and get ourselves healthy so that we can keep everybody else healthy. Absolutely. And kids are watching everything. So if you're allowing that abuse or you're allowing that situation to keep repeating itself to you, that's what you're teaching. Your children is okay. Yeah. And, you know, I even think it doesn't, abuse comes in all forms too. Many, many forms. Right. The easiest abuse is the abuse you can see. I'm bruised. I'm hurt. I'm battered. I'm, I'm hit. Mm -hmm. But even if children are exposed to spouses being talked to in disrespectful ways, that's abusive. Absolutely. That matters. It all matters. Yep. And actually the, um, even the physical abuse, it leaves physical scars, but it's the emotional scars that are the ones that are most damaging. Yeah, because it becomes part of our identity. Mm-hmm. And kind of latch onto it. And sometimes there's some pride around that. I used to feel proud that I could do it all. Like you're, I'm superwoman. I can take on everything. I could, but yes. I don't want to. You don't want to. <laughs> you want to enjoy your life too, for goodness sake. Yes. <laughs> I deserve Absolutely. to be treated the way I want and what I deserve and the way I would treat somebody else. Yes. So that's phase two. (laughs) (laughs) That's self-care. That comes with recognizing yourself as a human being. Because very often we treat everyone around us so much better than we treat ourselves. Totally. I think that's a a lesson unto itself, that self-care. It comes back to the oxygen mask that you were were talking about. We have to put it on first. It's going to be hard. That mask is going to feel so uncomfortable. Yes. But once you baby steps, mm-hmm. steps, you know, on the weekends, for example, because I did everything and I worked all week and I was growing businesses, yes. I had seven loads of laundry to do on the weekend. Oh my God. Well, I never felt like I'd go for a walk on a beautiful fall day because I would get behind. Mm-hmm. But now I do that. Yes. You know, one, I, one load can wait while you go for a walk and come back. Yeah, but back then it couldn't. Right. But now I don't even do laundry. Like I don't even, (laughs) it's just so not my priority anymore, but I have to get out of that situation to see that, you know? Yeah. It's like coming up for air. Totally. Mm -hmm. Finding a moment in your day just to have that time for yourself is so important. It is, but it's really hard to give it to ourselves. I've been there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that goes back to the, are you deserving of it? And are you, you know, special enough, enough? And a lot of times for women, we are supposed to be these super women that can do every, and I don't have kids yet, but you know, you're supposed to take care of the kids, supposed to be the leader of the family. You're supposed to be amazing at your career. You're supposed to be doing all these other things as well. And, and it's overwhelming. And a lot of times we don't find time for ourselves. No. And really, really hard. And you mentioned that, you start to identify with that. You start to identify with everything that you should be as a woman. Well, and then it becomes and our story. Yes. I never get out because I've got seven loads of laundry to do and I'm so busy and we're so hectic. And 
it becomes part of our story. Just mm-hmm. tell a new story. But it's almost like that's where we then get our, our value from. Yes. And our self-worth comes from doing all of these different things. Exactly. Whereas we're worthy regardless of, even if we stay in bed all day eating chips, we're worthy. Right. <laughs> yes. If that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do that day. Totally. So. Totally. Um, so everything sort of circles back to you and comes back to knowing that you're enough. Yeah, you are enough. Mm-hmm. You're enough. Even if you're not, even if you, even if you think you're failing, you're totally yeah. enough. Yeah. And, and have everything. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear that. Worthy of everything. Worthy of everything. Yes. Everything you could possibly dream of and more. Absolutely. There are no, there are no rules, people. <laughs> That's another no, thing that needs to be broken down. All the rules around what we should, no should rules be. On who makes it and who doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. We all have the power to do it. Totally. And you know, courage more and more to me, it's becoming more apparent that courage isn't about, you know, going out there and doing things because you're not afraid. It's about going out and doing things, even though you are petrified. <laughs> yeah. 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 Scared to death always, and jump anyway. Yeah. But there's always, there's always an opportunity for a change and there's always an opportunity for more than one option, you know? Yeah. There's a million different options, an infinity of different options out there for all of us. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to share, some final words of wisdom for our listeners before we wrap up for today. No, not really. I mean, I think we've talked about a lot, but what what we're all we're all struggling with it. We're all struggling with the same things, but. There is nothing stopping us except this thing up right up here. Mm-hmm. So, Those little brains of ours that control everything. Yeah, we are fully capable and we are fully equipped. And everything we could possibly ever want is just sitting right there waiting for us to grab it. Amazing. Well, thank you very, very much. It was an absolute pleasure thank talking you. to you. I'm sure our listeners have gotten a lot and learned a lot out of this conversation. I know I have. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. All the best. <laughs> <laughs>